Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi there. I want to talk to you about ducks. No thanks. Hello and welcome to the Cult Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. My name is Chris, and today I have a very special guest to help me tackle a genre of movie that I have yet to tackle on this show, so I'm looking forward to it. But before I introduce my special guest, I just want to remind everyone that the Cult Film Companion Podcast is now available on all major podcast platforms and if we are on a platform that you prefer and that we're not on please send me a message at the cold film companion at gmail.com or on twitter at my handle at cult film comp c-u-l-t-f-i-l-m-c-o-m-p which is also the name of our instagram page please join our facebook group where we post all the updates about the show and we always like to take requests we are also a member of the blind knowledge collective a one-stop shop for podcast video casts from all around the world covering interesting and entertaining topics so please visit www.blindknowledge.com and check out some creators that might have flown under your radar and uh, give them a listen, give them a watch. We are also a featured podcast on Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android that captures the latest trending topics that you follow and then reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. Stop scrolling and start listening. You can follow topics as specific as you would like, from sports to science to movies to the Kardashians, all that good stuff and have them read to you in a natural human voice visit newsly today www.newsly.me and please use the promo code c-u-l-t-f-1-l-m cult film drop the i pop it a one and get a month free premium subscription and visit their featured podcast site to listen to the cult film companion and also all the other wonderful podcasts there and like I said, today we I'm dipping in my toes into black exploitation, kung fu exploitation, all sorts of exploitation in this the case of this movie, fun kind of nonsense. And I am uh, very excited to have Derek from the Ratchet Book Club here. Good morning, good afternoon, sir. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I really 
appreciate this part of it. The movie, not so much. But this part of it, yeah, I really do appreciate it. Well, uh, to please introduce yourself and your show to my listeners and uh, tell, tell them where they can listen to the Ratchet Book Club. So, my name is Derek. I am the host of a myriad of different shows. Um, and to start, I've been podcasting since podcasting was podcasting. So, if you literally type Rashani, R A S H A N I I, into Google, I'm the first thing that pops up. Like, oh, we got an OG here. We got an OG. Yeah. yeah. So, um, my shows are available everywhere. Uh, Ratchet Book Club uh, is the show where I read hood classics and good classics and and make fun of them. Um, right now, can I cuss? Oh, absolutely, please. Okay, so right <laughs> now I'm reading a book called uh, "Pussy Is Worth More Than Diamonds." Mm. Um, that that's a that hell of a book, title, <laughs> right? And it's better. I'm reading that book because it's a series. And the fifth book in the series is called Stank Pussy on Fleek. So I'm reading through these books so I can get the Stank Pussy on Fleek. <laughs> I hope it's worth it. Me too, right? <laughs> um, I also do a show called Hindsight uh, where we uh, look back on movies that we saw when we were kids and uh, try to see if they're still good as adults. Most times they're not, but this month... They really will be because the next one we're doing is Rocky Three, oh. uh, which features one of the um, best performances by a black villain in any frame of time in movie history. Clever Lang. Um, Lo- I a lot of love for Ro- I have a lot of love for Rocky Three and a lot of it. It's such a like through and through. It's like the perfect. I'm shocked. If, if it wasn't a good, it's not a good movie, but it's not a cult classic because enough people liked it that it's not a cult classic. Right, right. But there's so many great things about it, and 95% of them is Rocky looking perplexed as Clubber Lang and Hulk Hogan talk shit to him continuously, and it's just the best. Yeah. Oh, my God. There, okay, so let's put it like this, and then I'll move on. Okay. I was, I was three years old the first time I heard Clever Lang try and fuck Hulk or uh, Rocky's wife. Hey, woman, I was three years old the first time wow. that, that that scene happened to me. And I was transfixed from there on out. I was like, that's my hero. Um, you know, I have, a ver- I-, I have an interesting story. I was, I think I was in the third or fourth grade and I got chicken pox and a family friend brought over, I had never seen any of the Rocky movies, at, so at the time brought over, I think, the first at least four or five of them. And, you know, as a young kid, I didn't really, uh, the first Rocky was a bit slow for me. The second one was all right. Rocky three, that was my jam as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. everything about that, I was like, Hulk Hogan's throwing Rocky around, and then you get Mr. T being just a straight badass in a PG movie that, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it deserves kind of a cult status as something like that kind of sticks out in the in the Rocky franchise because it is an absurd. It's kind of absurd, <laughs> and and 
Not that, not that the other movies don't have their absurd moments, but um, please, uh, I'm sorry for interrupting. Please continue with the uh, Rocky. Oh, no, I'm, I'm amused that you said kind of absurd. I'm like, uh, <laughs> he fights a wrestler and doesn't, and the wrestler decides that wrestling shouldn't be fake for this one event. Right. And starts trying to beat the snot out of him. Like, the movie is the best. The dude's manager dies while he's boxing, and nobody tells him, hey, I know you just got your ass whooped, but your dead manager's in your locker room. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> we take him on your table. Is that cool? Okay. We're not going to say anything. Surprise! And all he does, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I say it's only kind, kind of absurd, because I've got... TNT Jackson fresh on my mind. And oh my God. speaking of which, I just happened to come across this in my um in my research, and we're gonna of course get into TNT Jackson, but um it features Stan Shaw, who is in the first Rocky movie. So we've got a connection there. Um and Stan Shaw actually is like I I was I was like, I know I know this guy. Right? Yes. The way that I know him was from um Harlem Knights. Yes, yes. Um, he's got one of those faces, and I have to say that he absolutely steals the show in TNT Jackson. I mean, oh, yeah, by far. Um, so, <laughs> so we might as well uh, we can we can try to dance around the issue, but let's uh, let's tackle TNT Jackson. I came across this movie because I was um, I wanted to really. You know, when I started doing this show, I've only been doing this for uh, seven or eight months, so I'm a, I'm a young blood compared to you as far as podcasting, but I really wanted to get some really obscure movies, and there's no better place than to kind of, uh, it's kind of low-hanging fruit, but if you dive into the, the Roger Corman pool of movies, you're going to find some some weird stuff, and TNT Jackson is a fascinatingly bizarre movie because we have as our lead, as Diane TNT Jackson, Miss Jeannie Bell, who in 1969 made history as the second, only the second ever African-American woman to be a Playboy playmate. And so she couldn't act. No, 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 no. She can't. Um, and it, she, but she looks like she's having a lot of fun, especially in the the martial arts sequences. I mean, it's it's very very apparent when I mean this movie has lots of sped up footage to make a, like a, a wrist lock flip look a lot faster than it actually does, and of course. I mean, right, we spoil everything on this show because we're covering movies from decades, decades old. I mean, the, the climax of this movie is she straight up pulls a Mortal Kombat fatality and punches Stamshaw right through the stomach. Like, her fist goes right through her stomach. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. I had to rewind that because of a few things. So, number one, exploitation movies. Yes. Oh, 95% of their lives to kung fu flicks. Yep. But the difference between a kung fu flick and a black exploitation movie is that black exploitation movies feature prominently black people. 
and a lot of the folks who do the camera work for these films yep don't know how to film or get proper lighting for black people so they either look too too bright like for a long time tnt looked like ultra bright because she's up against white people and so they had the lighting yeah higher. um or you can barely see them so that final scene i had to rewind it like three <laughs> times because uh stan charlie charlie right. was wearing black and genie tnt was wearing whatever she was wearing and it was a dark area with like red stairs and it was just really hard to see it and so when she put her hand through his body which was something you didn't know she could do because she didn't do anything close to it the whole movie all she did was hip tosses yeah curls through the yeah I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I mean, this movie, though, like, I have to give this... So this movie, behind the scenes, is a melting pot of culture. The producer-director is Sirio Santiago, who has literally, according to his filmography, directed dozens and dozens of movies. He is a Filipino director... The original script was written by character actor Dick Miller, who, for those of you who don't know who Dick Miller is, I mean, uh, I have you seen Gremlins? Gremlins 2? Oh, yes. So the cranky neighbor who keeps complaining about the Gremlins and he ends up, like, encountering them, that's Dick Miller. So we've got this middle-aged white guy writing a black exploitation kung fu movie produced by Roger Corman starring an african american directed by a filipino that shot in hong kong this movie is all over the place <laughs> i mean i mean talk about worlds colliding um but yeah this i mean that and that's what you were you know i i haven't seen too many black exploitation movies i'm very familiar with um a lot of the the um the Pam Grier movies like Coffee and um uh, she's she did a, a great deal of other ones I I don't know how this came across my radar just like TNT Jackson and it's just I mean the story could be pretty much summed up <laughs> this woman this woman's bro so we've got uh, a heroin operation going on in Hong Kong that involves white people, black people, and Asian people all intertwined. And her brother is killed, like, on stage during this bizarre, weird performance thing that's going on. And she comes to Hong Kong to find him. And even though she doesn't seem to really care all that much, she seems to be very dismissive of her brother. Uh, she decides that she needs to have revenge and then she gets mixed up and apparently there's the CIA involved and there's just a whole bunch of weird stuff going on in this movie but um w w had you even heard of this movie before I asked you to to cover this on the show no no <laughs> see here's the thing about me and black exploitation movies and I told uh, my co-host Brandon this uh, on hindsight when he forced me to have a black exploitation month when i was growing up 
strangely enough, my parents had no qualms with me watching stuff like Porky's when I was three and four and, and wow. Rocky three when I was three years old. But they had a no black exploitation movie rule in my house. Didn't know why. I just thought that it was full of porn. I just figured, okay, if they let me watch Porky's and there was no issues with that, that was my dad. Then black exploitation <laughs> must be the porniest porn that you've ever porned in a porn flick. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to ever watch this so i started watching it with brandon and i was like there's no porn in this and i was actually kind of disappointed because i expected just titty balls all over the place um but no so i've seen four black exploitation movies in my life uh five if you count this one uh <laughs> which i'm trying not to yeah yeah um, that's fair <laughs> and, and this is literally the weirdest not weirdest. It has a developed story. It just doesn't develop it enough. No, no. And, and there's exposition that doesn't make sense. Nope. Like, the fact that... <laughs> the thing that made me laugh about this movie at first was where uh, TNT, Diana... I don't know how Diana stands for TNT, except maybe she's the bomb. I don't know. Anyhow, she steps <laughs> off the plane in Hong Kong and gets into the taxi and has to go to a place. And the dude is like, nope, I'll drop you off in front of it, but I ain't going there. So yeah. she goes <laughs> out there and she's walking through with a suitcase. And the folks that are in the area try and rob her. There's like six of them. Yep. One thing that I love about these movies is when somebody from a completely different country comes to a country of origin for a martial art and is the best person at that martial art in that country. And that's what happens. A lot of hook fighting scenes. Mm -hmm. But then after she beats up like seven people with her hook hands, like literally, y'all, just imagine, like, I'm going to scratch you. But she's doing, that's how she kept over and over again. Um, A car pulls up. Random ass white woman. Right. (laughs) Out of nowhere, random ass white woman in a limo. Nobody's fucking with this random ass white woman, but they all fuck with her with a suitcase. Right. Make it make sense. But she's like, you shouldn't be here. And she's like, I'm looking for somebody. And the white woman goes from being nice. Like, this is the first Karen I ever saw in movies. This must be the first (laughs) Karen in the history of movies. Because she goes from, you shouldn't be here, to, um... I'm, I'm, I'm here trying to meet up with somebody and you don't need to worry about why I'm here. The white one immediately says, bitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> bitch. And that's it. And then drives into the spot and drops her off like, bitch. And I was like, oh, okay. That's where we are. This movie is absurd. Uh, it's absurd. And it's short. And yet it's short, but it felt so fucking long. Yeah. I was going to say, like, <laughs> it's only, I mean, there's actually a short. There's actually a shorter cut of the movie when it was released in the Philippines. It was only sixty minutes and change, and I think that the version that I got is uh, seventy-two minutes. But it, it it's one of these weird movies where some scenes are re- like they're just waiting to get to the next action scene, and then you get these like drawn-out scenes of people talking about drug deals. That don't amount to anything. It's it's a, it's like one setup to another for set pieces. We get Diane TNT Jackson arrives in Hong Kong. She's yeah. They try to mug her. 
She fights them off. She ends up in this weird lady's limo. Then she goes to, of all places, there's an Asian man named Joe, Joe's Haven. And she's asking about her brother. And then they just happen to look over and whatever's going on at Joe's Haven, they're (coughs) accosting some woman. So then we've got just random fight scene number two. And I mean, that's what this movie is. Like, if you kind of like goofy kung fu movies and I would recommend this movie and I would say that Stan Shaw is absolutely steals the show because he's like the only one that can really act yeah Mm -hmm. and yeah he's got one of those faces I was just like I recognize that guy and he's really Mm -hmm. he's really really good like he's a great villain in this movie but I would say that this movie is worth it alone for the topless fight scene where there's a... I'm not sure if this was an intent... most to be an intentional joke, but she says something like, if you want it black, you got it black, and she turns off the lights, and then they start fighting, and then one of the bad guys will turn on the lights, and then she goes to turn off the lights again. It's so... I mean, it's worth it just for this scene. I mean, she's... I mean, it's a topless kung fu scene with Jeannie Bell, who's who. Yes, she's not a very good actress, but she is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely gorgeous. And I mean, yes, the scene. It's just kind of like one ridiculous set piece after another. We have a drug. There's a drug deal that takes place in a cemetery where all the drugs are in a coffin, and it's just. I mean, there's like. This really, I mean, th- this was clearly written as kind of like an afterthought. Dick Miller, who had worked um, extensively with Roger Corman, kind of just wrote this. And then Roger Corman just kind of, you know, threw some money into it. And he's known for, you know, getting a good return on his uh, investments. So, I mean, this movie didn't cost a lot of money to make and I'm sure it recouped it easily in the drive-in theaters, you know, as like a, uh, a double, I mean, a grindhouse double feature. This is just like prime grindhouse material. And Uh I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. And then I came across in my research, I was just looking because I was going to start listing some of the other movies that this guy, Siriato Santiago, directed. But, I mean, literally, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of movies. He's done movies in English. He's done movies in, you know, with Philippines. And interestingly enough, Quentin Tarantino has stated that he is a big fan of Mr. Santiago and actually has actually based some of his um kill bill characters after after characters in Mr. Santiago's works so i i kind of think that like the absurd over the top kung fu nature of something like kill bill you see you could see where the ground was kind of laid especially in the final scene of this movie where i mean straight up punch right through the like through the stomach and like you said there was no indication of like any of this over the, like the, the violence is kind of goofy and it's not well choreographed. And 
it's very obvious that a lot of these kicks and punches aren't landing anywhere near the stunt performers whatsoever. And they're just, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, the final scene in this movie is it, she like, it's straight out of mortal Kombat, like punches right through this guy's stomach. And then you get this first person point of view of him slowly like dying. Like, like it's him looking up at the lights and it slowly dims. It's, I mean, there's some, it's not a great movie, but there are, like, there, there there's some gems here in the rough to appreciate, I mean, and, I mean, like you said, you're not going to count this in your, your, your track record of black exploitation movies, but, I mean, was it, was it worth the watch for you? You know what? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Like, like I, I really wanted to give it some thought. Uh, so, if it had more comedic, then I would have remembered it for that. Mm -hmm. If it had more Stan Shaw, I would have remembered it for him. Like, if he had came in there and had more, like, he was, he's wonderful. More, give me more. But instead, this movie, like we said, it was short. Mm -hmm. so there's not a lot of time to develop uh, the characters in this movie for starters. And then it just... You ever clog a toilet? Mm-hmm. And you just see it slowly starting to overflow. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do to stop the overflow. Like, the only thing you can really do is turn off the water in the back. Yeah. But by the time you turn off the water in the back... It's already made a complete and total mess. And it doesn't, it, there doesn't have to be anything in there. It's not shit or piss or anything. Sometimes it just overflows because of the stuff that's already in the pipe. So you got water all over your floor. Right. That's how I felt with this movie. I just kept watching it and it just kept overflowing. And I didn't know why it was such a rush of nothing happening at in this in this movie like i wanted to enjoy it i wanted more action scenes but the only action i got was a woman who does not know how to do karate no doing karate and then stan who also does not know how to do karate have you seen i'm gonna get you sucker yeah i love that movie so i'm gonna get you sucker the scene where hammer and the white guy are in the garage fight doing about to do karate and they stop and one of them was like I don't know how to do karate and the other guy says I don't know how to do karate either and he's <laughs> like do you want to fake it and he's yeah. like yeah let's go that's what I kept thinking of every time I watched this like the part where Joe her friend I don't know how I don't know Joe Joe was just there um but the part where Joe is fighting against a bunch of dudes in his dojo, I guess. Yeah. And then she jumps in and starts fighting. So now you got both of them fighting, and then you realize that she's better than Joe at fighting. And it's just like, I couldn't get past it. I couldn't. I, I enjoyed the parts of the movie that I, you know, could actually pay attention to that weren't too dark <laughs> or, or too stupid or too long. Or, like, the white dude popping up, and I think we should let him take uh, take the lead on this drug game that we're doing. It's like, why? And Stan killing her brother, like, I guess her brother owed him money. 
Or something. We don't know. The motherfucker just walks outside and Stan is there to beat the shit out of him and kill him. Well, I, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, this movie is all over the place with the plot. But it feels like we're watching the second installment of a series of TNT Jackson movies. Because, like, I mean, the lady from the CIA knows who she is. Yes. But, like, we have no idea. We have no idea. We're just supposed to take it from this lady that, and it's one of those things like, yeah. I mean, the, the the whole setup for the character is that she's the best, and Stan Shaw is also the best because she she wants to get in on his gang, um, and she's like, well, let me prove it to you. Let me face your best guy, and you they keep cutting over to this one guy, and you think, oh, he's she's gonna fight him, and no, he steps up and he goes, I'm the best guy here, and you're just like, okay, it's very very generic and i think yeah we're missing like crucial plot development here because we're just supposed to take it that she's the like i mean it's one of those things that gets just like satirized in so many movies so many parodies that someone's just the absolute best at everything they just show up on the scene and i mean yeah, but she doesn't have the follow through to be the best because her karate is sloppy at best and you know, sped up to look more impressive than it actually is. So, I mean, and the plot's all over the place and it's really I mean, there's not there's no weight to any of these characters. There's no like there's no stakes and I actually like, I was looking forward to it because, like, they kind of set up the final showdown um, between TNT Jackson and Stan Shaw. It's kind of like in this empty ballroom. And they keep cutting back and forth to, like, other stuff that's going on. You see, like, the police showing up to arrest all the drug dealers. And it's just... It's a mess. Um, I think that this this is a movie that I would say... Um, I didn't enjoy watching by myself, but I would, Mm -hmm. I think this is the kind of movie you have a couple friends over and you kind of just like riff on this movie. That's the kind of movie that this is. This is not the kind of movie because I've, I've started to explore some of the, the, um, the other Roger Corman movies and he's capable of producing some very interesting work. And I mean, I've been kind of blown away about the amount of directors and actors that got their start with Roger Corman. And, I mean, he if anything, he's got an eye for talent. But this, this seems to me to be very much a product more so than it is a piece of cinema. This was something that was produced very, very quickly. They're taking advantage of the fact that uh, Jeannie Bell was, you know, I mean, you, you got a Playboy Playmate here. And, I mean, not only that, you've got the sec, the, the second only African-American pl- Playboy Playmate. I mean, you want to take advantage of that. And that's kind of like what we, we got. I mean, it is, it's not a showcase for anyone's talented ability other than Stan Shaw. But, I mean, she's 
beautiful and she does look like she's having fun when she's kind of making these kung fu faces with the claw like you 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 put it perfectly that claw hand that she does like when she's ready to strike she's got this look on her face and you kind of like you're like this she's having a blast and i wouldn't be surprised if regardless of the final product that we got that it seems like the people involved were having fun so but it's one of those things that the fun doesn't really translate over to the audience having fun. It's kind of like, wow, I think it would be a lot more fun to um, be a part of this movie than be in the audience to watch it. Because, yeah, it's short, but it's also, yeah, it, it's got this weird pacing thing where you're like, really? This is still, like, we're still dealing with this. The double cross. I'm not sure why Stan Shaw is so gung-ho about having TNT Jackson involved. It's just, I mean, it's one of those things, once you start to think about it, your head's, your, your brain's going to be like, all right, well, our, our IQ points are, are steadily dropping here, you know? Hey, 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 so here's what we're going to do. Um... I want you to come be with us, baby. I want you to be on our team. Okay, cool. They go to the club. All the guys are downstairs. She's sitting upstairs apart from everybody else. Baby, um, I, I, I wanted you to be a part of our team so you could be downstairs with me and the guys. Nah, if they want to talk, they got to come upstairs to me. Right. <laughs> That's not how this works. No. I mean, it's, yeah, it's so over the, like, and we haven't even mentioned the character of Joe, uh, her her, her uh, kung fu accomplice, who who's just kind of, I don't know, I, I'm not really sure what his. I guess he helps out in the end, but everything just kind of falls into place, and everything's just wrapped up very very neatly, and it's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, and I avenged my brother. And, yeah, the CIA got the, the heroin dealers, and it's it's just kind of there. This movie's just kind of, like, there. And I, I believe that it is free to view in its entirety if you feel like doing so on YouTube. Is, that's where you saw it, correct? That's where I saw it, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing is there's a big-ass uh, K in the middle. Not big enough to distract from anything, not... Not dark enough to actually be, you know, a hindrance uh, to this movie. Um, I don't think anything could be a hindrance to this movie. It's like, um, it's like this movie, being a hindrance to this movie would, would be like going to a crime scene where someone had just been shot 55 times and there's blood all over their body just leaking, just blah, blood. And you take a bottle of ketchup and pour it on top of their body that's already covered in blood. You can't really tell the blood from the ketchup, so you're not really messing anything up, but you're ruining everything. Y um, yeah. This movie, it, it's one of the first, if this, if this came out in 1974, so it's one of the first black exploitation movies, I think. I don't fucking know. Like I said, I don't know the history of black exploitation movies. I'm sure it's far from the worst. Um, and I've seen worse 
kung fu done by folks in black exploitation movies, starting with uh, the motherfucker from Dolomite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but black folks, look, I know, I know we like watching, I like watching kung fu theater. I loved it when I was a kid growing up. And I know back in the day before there were video games or anything like that, more folks loved it than I did. But if you're going to do a roundhouse kick, why does everybody's leg do that hook thing? Like every hey. black person I see who does that spinning hook kick in a black exploitation film has that hook. Like they can't keep their legs straight. It's weird. It throws me off every single time. And you're going to explain to me how... Okay, so did she know she could do that? Did she know she could put her hand through his body? And if she did, why didn't she do it before? And if she didn't, why didn't she freak the fuck out? Because I would have freaked the fuck out yeah. putting my hand through somebody's body like that. I mean, yeah. Uh, there is, I do want to say, for all its flaws, one of the things that I actually genuinely enjoyed about this movie was the music. music yeah. The music is not that bad. It's actually probably better than the soundtrack. You got a... It's very funky. There's a lot of just... Nothing going on except for, like, a kick drum and a snare and the hi-hat. Um, very kind of reminiscent of, like, the intro to, like, the Shaft theme song. There's some... Mm -hmm. There's some flute. There's some funky bass. I mean, like... I actually have the person's because I that was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie um, was the music is it, it's it's pretty cool. And I actually invested in the D, the DVD of this. I got it for about five dollars on Amazon and it actually has a bonus feature of another full movie called The Black Godfather, which I have not gotten around to watching yet but I will at some point um uh I don't regret spending five dollars on this movie but I think that if you are going to watch this movie yeah do yourself a favor check it out on YouTube and at the very least it is worth it just for that bizarre topless kung fu scene where People keep turning, like, the bad guys turn off the lights. She turns off the lights. They fight poorly. And, I mean, it's it's just, it's a bizarre hodgepodge of a movie. I mean, we've got a script from a white character actor. We've got a Filipino director. We've got the second ever black play, Playboy Playmate and I mean, if anything, there are worse things that you could spend 72 minutes on. There are also far better movies to spend 72 minutes on. But I'm curious where, what other um, black exploitation or kung fu movies um, would you say that you've seen that you would recommend over this for people that are listening? Black Mel Jones. Okay. Um, Black Belt Jones is wonderful. Um, let me see. What other movies was I forced to watch this past month? <laughs> um, of course, um, 
Black Belt Jones is uh what the fuck is the dude's name? It doesn't even matter. Uh he's excellent as far as black exploitation kung fu movies go. Um Really, that's fucking it. The rest of them, you're gonna see this same type of stuff yeah. where people because there was a scene in this film where I stopped and looked at it like three times where Dan allegedly kicked Diana in the face. <laughs> but they had the wrong camera angle for it so you could see that his foot was actually like six inches from her face. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so good. I mean... It's, it's, <laughs> it's so... It's one of those... Yeah, this is not a movie you want to sit down and watch by yourself but this is a fun movie i think what I, I i realized what got to me was that i read the plot synopsis for the dvd and i'm just gonna read it here because it's very short but this is this is what this is what caught my eye so this is this is word for word what it says on the back of this dvd super fox diana jackson is known as tnt jackson tnt is out to avenge her brother's murder and bust up the heroin ring that ordered the hit Bearing her body or using excessive force, TNT is ready to go all the way to settle the score. Now, here we go. Crazy nude kung fu and fake funerals with narcotic-filled coffins highlight the supercharged exploitation saga. Filmed in the Philippines by the extremely prolific Sirio Santiago, who is best known for over-the-top women-in-prison movies such as Big Bird Cage, The Big Dollhouse, and Women in Cages... Jeanne Bell, a.k.a. Jeannie Bell, was a Playboy Playmate of the Month, October 1969, before appearing in a string of black exploitation films starting in 1972, including Trouble Man, Black Gun with Two N's, Three the Hard Way, and others. So that was, I was just like, okay, I'm in, I want to give this a shot. And, yeah. I have to say the best thing about this movie is by far the score. I actually found myself rewinding the movie, not to to see what was on the screen, but because there was like a crazy flute loop going on in the background. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like I could see um, someone like the RZA going through and, and like sampling like act because some of the music is so good um and yeah um i'm actually looking forward to covering some better um not black exploitation movies but i'm looking forward to later this month covering um ghost dog the way the samurai have you have you ever seen that movie a long long time ago okay yes. well that's one of the weird things about this movie yep uh not ghost dog but tnt jackson <laughs> right was the shootout scene where in in like the abandoned factory area where there were folks look here's the thing about this scene that made me happy <laughs> every shot was a one-shot kill every shot was a kill shot yeah like you never saw like everybody was just spraying you never actually saw a bullet come out but folks just had the best death scenes and it just made me so happy you gotta find you, you take the good you take the best you mix them up and there you have the facts like you gotta take what you can take in this movie you yeah you only got like 30 you only got like an hour and eight minutes live your life yeah enjoy it 
Yeah, because this, like you said, I that's something that else that I forgot. Like, I remember reading some of the reviews of this movie, and they were like, if you're doing a kung fu movie, the last thing you want to do to bring attention to how bad your kung fu is is to throw in a poorly shot gun scene. Because this is just like an example of throwing everything you can at the wall and seeing what sticks. And the ma- the majority of what sticks to the wall is unintentionally hilarious. But, I mean, yeah. This, this is a movie to watch with friends. Or if you feel like torturing yourself. Or, better yet, uh, just crank the score and clean your apartment and leave this on in the background. Because, exactly. yeah, the score is funky as hell. And, I mean, that was kind of like what carried me through because the acting is, ooh, it's bad. There's some really bad dialogue. The plot will fall apart if you start analyzing it for a millisecond. So it's just kind of, you know, I think you said you, you got to take what you can with this movie. But it's available for free. I mean, there are, there's a lot better things you can do with your time, but there's also a lot worse. Um, I really don't... This is one of our shorter episodes. I really don't have much more to say about this movie, though, without before it's we... It's only 30 minutes long. I, what I mean, can you say about... I mean, you, you can't... You can't stretch out what can't be stretched. No. Um, so, why don't you tell us what's coming up on... Uh, I mean, you actually, you already told us what's coming up in the Ratchet Book Club, so the, I'm looking forward to that. What's... And you're... What, just remind us, I, I think this would be a great note to go out on. What is the, the book you're hoping to get to? Stank Pussy on Fleek. I, yeah. I mean, we're not going to top that. Stank Pussy on Fleek. Uh, check it out. Where can we find the? Ra- uh, you said you if we Google Ratchet Book Club, it's going to come up. Just uh, what if you, just- you Google Rashani, um, I will be at the top. Um, if you go to um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'm everywhere. Seriously, awesome. Um, I have a a link tree, a link tree slash SSCast. Uh, that it's actually pretty cool, that one, because that tree, I put the branches, and the branches on that tree are all my shows. So awesome. you go to my link tree for single simulcast, and um, from there you could click links to go to all of my other podcasts as well. So, yeah. And I'll make I'm sure... I'm proud of it. You, I just recently, I went with the bare bones link tree, but yeah, that's a... If you're listening out here and you have a podcast and you don't have a link tree, at least do the bare basics like I did. It is a great resource that you should utilize. And I'm going to make sure to have um, your link tree in the episode description. Yeah, I always say the rule for my show is that no episode should be longer than the movie. We've talked for 45 minutes. I I think we've given this movie more than its fair share of its day in court. If we haven't talked you into trying out this movie, there's nothing we're going to say at this point that's going to change your mind. So um, thank you so much for joining me, and um, I'll be back soon with uh, some higher quality cult movies. But every once in a while, you got to have the good to really appreciate the bad. And, um, oh, yeah. Um, thanks again, and 
we will make sure that you check out all our shows and Pussy on Fleek, right? What is it? Thank Pussy on Fleek. Thank Pussy on Fleek. That, not going to top that. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Good night.